sisters. I said, good morning, brothers and sisters. Can we thank our worship team there for leading us to worship God? So cool to uh, be able to worship God and to have some of our college and uh, high school students to be able to lead us. Amen. And so that is very encouraging. And thank you, Eric, for leading us in the Kids Kingdom song. You know, we do that because we have uh, no opportunity for kids classes. Usually we have kids classes and uh, because of COVID restrictions, we are unable to do that. And so we wanted to make sure that all the kids that are in the audience can fully engage in our worship service. And so it's been a blast. If you have never served in our Kids Kingdom classes, you are learning some of the classic songs uh, of that. And so Sea of Galilee is one of my classic favorites. Have we done uh, uh, Building Up the Kingdom yet? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Let me know. I might come up on stage for Building Up the Kingdom. Because I love to build up the kingdom. Amen. And so if you're visiting with us here, you need to come back just to do Building Up the Kingdom. And so it is a blast. My name is Marcel Hall, and with my wife, we have the honor to uh, be able to serve here in the North OC ministry. And we've been here now. It's going to be six years in July, which is kind of crazy for those who were here before us. They're like, it doesn't feel like six. It doesn't feel like six to us as well. And so we are going to have a good time today. Amen. Now, here's how it works for us to have a good time. All right. I need for you to be fully engaged okay. and to participate in the service. And what I mean by participating in the service, I believe I heard someone say, come on, Marcel, was that you, Miss Orr? There you go. And so this works out really well when we have feedback. When you say something in response, you might hear something that might be good, Daniel. There might be something good that might be said today. And if you can say yes, and you don't have to say my name, but if you can say something, that'd be awesome. Now, you might hear something that's terrible, Miguel. Guess what you get a chance to do? Utilize those masks and don't allow me to see your discouragement, okay? We don't need any feedback when you hear something. You're like, that was, that didn't make any sense, okay? So we don't need that part, but we're going to have a good time. Actually, we're going to do some things here today in which you are going to be part of delivering the sermon. In the sense of you'll be able to break stuff down, I'm not going to have you come up on stage. I know that's what you wanted to do. But you'll be able to talk amongst yourselves, okay, in groups of three, four, fives, and be able to share, and we'll all kind of go through this together. Is that okay? Can we do that? Amen. All right, so for all the youngins in the house, we want to let you know that the word of the day is application. To apply or applies any form of application. You say, what does that mean, mom and dad? Ask them in just about two Wait, I'm going to give you the definition in just a couple seconds, okay? So no need to do that. But let's go ahead and uh, let's continue. This will be one of our final sermons from a series that we started a couple weeks ago called Models of Faith, Examples Worthy of Imitation. And so we've been looking at situations, scenarios, concepts, and people that serve as a great example for us to follow in worshiping God, not only in on a Sunday service, but with our daily lives, and also serve as a great example for us to participate in what God is doing amongst us. Amen. And so we're going to do that. And today we're going to be talking about, here you go, kids, application. 
Application. All right, so you can write that down. I think I said it twice already. Application. Third time you'll get your treat from, uh, is, is it Tina? Tina does the treats. Okay, she does the treats every week. All right, so let's go ahead and let's pray. Father in heaven. It has been encouraging to gather, to see one another, to see some faces that I do not know and I look forward to meeting afterwards. But it's been encouraging to worship you. We get a chance to strengthen and be strengthened. God, I thank you so much for that. And Lord, I pray that you speak clearly today. God, we want your message. We want to walk away with what you want us to take away and to apply to our lives. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. All right, so application. What do we mean here? I'm not talking about a job application, okay? We're not talking about applying lotion to your ashy elbows. What we're talking about is the application of actually putting something into practice. And here's the definition, an act of putting something to use, simply putting something into practice. It, it's applying what you learn or applying what you might have heard. So here we go. I want you in groups here and online, please write in the chat, okay, write in the chat, you guys can have an online discussion, answer this question in groups around you, all right, why is application especially important to your faith and life, we'll give you guys several minutes to have that discussion, then I'll call you back, again, those online, go ahead and write in the chat, all right, go ahead and write in the chat. about one more minute, one more minute. to do something. Can we do this? And then I want to get a couple responses from the, from the congregation, okay? But I would like to acknowledge something really cool and exciting, and uh, I want to acknowledge a, a family that's now uh, uh, coming back into the fold here and, and has gotten uh, fully plugged back into our, our fellowship here, was a part of our fellowship many years ago, and has now come back, and we would like for them to stand up. This is the Frost family. We have Eddie and Mariella uh, Frost there with their two high school kids. 
So many of you might know the Frost family, and, uh, and so now they're back as members here in our fellowship with their lovely uh, uh, high school uh, uh, students as they have right there as well. So there you go. They're the Frost family right there. All right. Amen. So you got some fans over there already. Come on, man. That's awesome. There you go. All right. So this question, let's just get a couple of answers. All right. Let's get a couple people share. Why is application especially important to your faith and life? Let's get a couple people. I know you answered. All right, here we go. Who's that, Betty? Go ahead, Betty. she applies what she reads, she starts to see the change in her life. And not only that, but it starts to trickle down to even more blessings. Okay, awesome. Thank you very much. All right, who, who is that right there with the red shirt there? Who, who is that? Can you stand up, James? There you go. All right, come on, brother. So if you have the knowledge, but you don't put it into practice, you won't see the effects and you won't grow there. Okay, awesome. Thank you, James. Come on, man. James, you make me want to apply uh, lessons from, from working out right there, brother. I'm, I'm like, man, I, I need to apply that to my life. All right, come on. All right, did I see one more hand? Was, was that you there? Okay, come on, Anna. Okay, when you apply, it, it increases your faith, and the scriptures even talk about we actually love with our actions. Okay, awesome, good stuff. Here's a couple quotes here that I want us to look at. They just, uh, they stood out to me, and I thought they were worthy of sharing. Number one, to learn and not to do is really not to learn. To know and not to do is really not to know. Another one here, knowledge without application is like a book that is never read. Unfortunately, I have a couple books that have not been read on my bookshelf. Another one. The power that knowledge possesses is hidden in its application. And lastly, he who learns a lot but applies a little stays little. These are some good quotes here, right? And so I think we can all probably answer this question. But my, my biggest takeaway here is that application is the difference maker. Application is the difference maker. Turn over in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to have some verses on the screen there, but you might want to also turn or, or open your Bible on your app there to 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to look at a prophet, meaning a, a one who spoke the word of God, named Elisha, and this military leader named Naaman. And so here we go. So this is King David. It was about the year, uh, about 1000 B.C. here. And, and so in about the late to mid 9th century, you have Elisha and Naaman. And, and this is to give you some context so we fully understand where we are going and venturing off to in the scriptures. God's people had split after King uh, Solomon, David's son. Uh, then after his son, so David's grandson, that God's people, the nation of Israel, split into two. And you have the north 
northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And so here we have some time has passed and we have these split kingdoms and we have this situation. And we're going to see about this nation or this kingdom of, of Aram. And, and this nation and the nation of Israel, the northern kingdom, they would constantly go to war. All right, so you guys all understanding what's going on. Do we understand the context? All right, so let's go ahead in 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 1. Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now leprosy was a skin disease. It wasn't always just leprosy as we know it, but it was a skin disease that, that was a problem because there was no cure for it at this time. So in certain communities, you'd have to go and, and you had to be uh, 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 pretty much quarantined the way we have it, right? So if you had it, you had to stay in this community and you couldn't be a part of the rest of the community. So he has this situation. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. We'll stop right there for a quick second. Now, just so that you can understand what he's bringing, that's 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold. So now, as you think about this, they're willing to spend that type of money. So, what does that reveal if they're willing to spend that type of money? Just take a quick second answer amongst yourselves. What does that reveal? Because they're willing to spend 750 pounds of silver and 150 pounds of gold. What does that reveal to you? So, obviously, they got a lot of dough. Right? If you're willing to spend that type of money, I'm like, man, can a brother get a loan? Okay? But obviously, they have a lot of money. But, but, but we see something, obviously, more than that, right? They're willing to spend that type of money because, obviously, this is a serious issue. This is a serious issue. Like, wow, if I'm willing to spend that type of, type of money, then this has to be a good cause. And not only that, he must be a very valuable person. Because I'm sure if it wasn't the valiant soldier, man, sorry to hear about that. I don't know what you're going to do. And so obviously he was a valuable person, but also I believe it probably reveals how desperate they were to have him cured. Hey, hey, we, we need to do something. This is a serious issue. It's not something like, oh, it'll pass. So obviously it's a very serious issue, and they're going to great lengths to have it resolved. So let's continue in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 6. Are you still with me here? All right, here we go. Verse 6, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I'm sending my servant Naaman, Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. 
As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See, he, see how he was trying to pick a quarrel with me? So you see, again, remember, there, there's constant war and friction between these two nations. So he sees this like, whoa, this guy, he's trying to set something up. He's just trying to cause a fight. We continue in verse 8. It reads, When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had tore his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he would know that there was a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him, Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. Let's stop right there for a second. Okay. What would you be thinking if you were Naaman? You got all this money. You got all this stuff. You're traveling to this, this enemy territory. And you go there and you're supposed to see this man who, who possibly might heal you. You know that he's a man of God. And so you believe there's going to be some form of a divine healing. And as you walk up to the house, his servant, not him, comes up and says, Hey, here's what the boss says. Go dip yourself seven times in the river and you'll be good. You laughing. What would you be thinking? You, you would have a lot of thoughts, right? One would probably believe, this is not how I envisioned it. So let's continue reading in the story. And this, again, is the best way to get the most out of the Bible when you put yourself into the Scriptures. When you put yourself into the Scriptures, God starts to speak volumes to you, and you start to get deeper, not only in your knowledge, but in how God is speaking to you. So this is a good practice for all of us as we read the Scriptures. All right, let's continue to read. Verse 11. So again, my, my, remember, you're naming, and this is what you just heard. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. What happened? He's upset. He's thinking the way you were thinking just a second ago, right? Man, I came all the way over here, and this is what you're going to tell me? That didn't even sound right. You, you, you mean what? I, I thought you were going to do something magical. I thought you were going to do something great. You'd come out and do this wonderful act and performance, and then I'd be healed. But you're telling me, and not even you, but you have your servant? And then he tells me to go dip in that nasty river? Man, there's a bunch of other rivers that are better. Some of us have seen the Santa Ana River. Well, when there is a Santa Ana River. And we're like, man, you want me to dip in that? Oh, no. You tripping. There's nicer rivers in Damascus. There's nicer rivers. Now, right now, is he serving as a great model of inspiration? No, he's not. Let's continue to read. Verse 13. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you? head because he continues and this is what he says well how much more then so so obviously there was some type of an agreement an acknowledgement that yeah what you're saying is true if he had said something great i probably would have done it wash and be cleansed 
Again, that's a great question. Hey, if he had told you to do some miraculous thing, he had told you to do a cartwheel or put your hands out or do, do the karate kid, like if he told you to do all that, would you have done it? Well, yeah, he's a man of God. So then why not just do the simple thing he told you then? So now Naaman has a choice, doesn't he? He has a choice. He can hold on to his thinking, which really is his pride. He can stick to that, and he can remain in the condition with no chance of being healed of his leprosy. Or he can follow the godly direction that is given in his life. So he has a choice. I can hold on, or I can go ahead and follow what I'm being told. Let's continue to read verse 14. So he went down, this is name, and, and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. What river is that? Keaton Olofsky wants to know. No, because he wants to dip himself and be a young man as well. Keith, you're my boy. All right. Then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servants. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I would not accept a thing. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. For your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. We'll stop right there. Wow, what a story. What a story. Naaman went in, he's from this foreign nation, so he does not acknowledge nor worship the God of Israel. And now he walks away after this whole situation going, there's only one God. I'm not even going to worship these fake gods that are in my nation. And in fact, I just need something to remind me. Can I get as much of the earth that I can put onto these camels so I can have there? And some scholars believe that he wanted to set up his own little altar so that he can continue to worship God. What a story. It went from an improbable situation to a life-changing occasion. So here's what I want us to do right now. Let's take a couple minutes. Again, and I want the same people that you've been talking to. And again, chat online here. Put it in there. What lessons can we learn about application from this story? I'll give you guys a couple minutes to share. about 90 more seconds, 90 more seconds.
right, give me about 15 more seconds, 15 more seconds. All right. Did you guys have some good discussion? Yeah. Were some, some good things shared? Yeah. Okay, well, let's, hear, let's hear one or two of them. Let's hear one or two of them. What, 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 what's a, a lesson we can learn about application from this story? Okay, Twan. That's really good, and I know I don't trust myself to remember how you said it. So, you said, uh, do not filter things as you receive or seek uh, and inquire of God or God's people. Okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, and then the other thing is, uh, you know you're in big trouble when you are you have a solution in mind, and God's solution doesn't align. You know you're in trouble when you have a solution in mind, and which God has another one. Wow, that was a sermon for the day. I better pass the mic over. <laughs> That was really good. Okay, uh, another one, another one. Yes. Okay, good. Don't be closed-minded, but allow others to be able to speak to you because they might be able to give you something great. Come on now. That's Jade over there, Miss, Miss Orr there. Come on. That, all that is good stuff, and I'm sure we have a number of things, and hopefully maybe even for some of our services, we can do that. We can just be able to dissect and share, but for the sake of time, I'm going to move forward here. Here's the thing that, I, I, that stood out to me here is, again, the main point. Application is the difference maker. Application is the difference maker. The miracle, the change only happened for Naaman once he decided to apply the godly direction that was given to him. That's when it happened. And we see God is powerful when we You know, Naaman's servants, they serve as a great example, and obviously Elisha as well. And Naaman, the second half of the story, serve as great models of faith for you and I and an example worthy of imitating. You know, I appreciate the servants who, like, they had so much faith. They said, look, just at least try what the man of God is saying. Just at least try it. Why, why, are, you, why are you refusing it? And again, they weren't people from Israel, so it's not like they necessarily had this great faith in the God of Israel already. But they had enough faith to say, you know what, let's try out the godly direction that we are hearing. And again, application is the difference maker. You know, Naaman comes to know God and his life is changed forever. And when we apply God's word to our life, we come to know God and our lives too are changed forever. You know, so many of us can testify to this eternal truth, can't we? We started living out God's word and our lives started to change. The struggles, the sins, the addictions that we had in our lives, we started to overcome. Relationship challenges started to improve and get better or maybe even be turned upside down once we applied the wisdom that was shared through God's people and we applied the principles of God's word. Our character started to change. We went from this type of person to another type of person, improved and better. We started making better decisions and started seeing better results. 
You know, this wasn't because you were great all of a sudden, but it's because you put God's wisdom, God's word, principles, and the, and the truth and, and practices that were given through godly advisors. You put those things into practice. There was an application, and that's what produced this change. Naaman wasn't great because he dipped himself seven times. No, God was great, but God was able to work once Naaman decided, let me follow your direction. You know, we kind of learned this lesson also in pop culture um, with Karate Kid. You guys remember Karate Kid? Now I'm not talking, uh, what's the other one? Jaden Smith Karate Kid. Even though that was a good one. Okay, that was a good one. I did enjoy that. I'm talking 1984 Ralph Macchio Karate Kid. Wax on. Come on, there you go. I see you, Daniel. He's already doing it, right? Wax on, wax off, right? You also had to uh, paint. You remember that one? You know what? Let's let's watch a clip of that. Can we watch a clip of that? Let's watch a clip of that. Wax off. Hey. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Concentrate. Look my eye. Lock a hand. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on, hat. Wax off, hat. Wax on. Wax off. Up, down. Down, up, down, other side, look eye, always look eye, show me paint the house, side, side, lock the wrist, side, 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 show me wax on, wax off. Show me paint the fence. Hush! 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 Show me side to side. Hush! 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 Show me sand the floor. telling him the whole time and he's got him doing these odd you know jobs and he hates it he's got him painting the fence he's got him waxing his car he's got him going ahead and, 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 and uh, doing something to the floor there right and so he's got and Daniel's mad he's like man you're supposed to be teaching me karate and you're just teaching me how to clean your house and then we see this take place and then spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie which you should have by now it's 30 something years old 
So I don't feel bad about spoiling it for you. But Daniel B. goes and he wins the Valley Championship in karate. All from defense. And we see something there. If he would simply just do the simple things, when he applied it, he would do something great. Again, this is what we see in the whole story here of naming. It's when we apply God's word, when we apply what God's people have showed us through biblical teaching, tried and true practices, when we do the simple things, great things will take place. But the problem is, when you and I, when we imitate Naaman's initial reaction, when we think biblical principles won't work or fix that situation, when we think that godly instruction and advice, it's, it's just too simple. It should be bigger. It should be simple. And I thought it would be something bigger and better. And then what happens? We get disappointed. We get upset. And therefore, we di dismiss the advice and direction. And then what is the result from that usually? Well, we usually stay in that same situation that we were in, or it even gets worse. Some of us, this is the reason why we're not spiritually maturing and growing. Because we're not taking God's word, we're not taking the principles tried and true and actually applying it to our lives. Our marriages aren't improving because we, it's not like we don't know what we should do, but we're just not simply putting it into practice. Our careers are staying stagnant. Our friendships are suffering or maybe potentially losing them. Our pursuits of romantic relationships don't happen. Our issues with our kids continue. With those habits and sins, those addictions, we can't overcome and we just feel defeated. And this sin continues to wreck our lives and the relationships around us. And then what happens again? What happens even more? We become even more sad, discouraged, upset. Then we start to blame others a lot of times. It's their fault. It's, it's theirs. Well, they weren't this. And, you know, God's word, is, it wasn't clear enough for me. Or, or the leadership wasn't this. Or my discipleship partner wasn't this. And, and what happens? We get more destructive in our behavior. And we look for ways to escape ways to quit. We think about quitting God or we, we go to even more destructive behavior because we want to quit thinking maybe this will be the solution since all the other stuff wasn't good enough. And then we sit back and we wonder why, why, why? I, I don't understand why I'm in this spot. Why things aren't, wasn't it supposed to get better? Application is the difference maker. All of us can, can, at some point, what I just shared, we can relate to. I know I can. I know sometimes I've been giving advice and direction and leadership. I'm like, that just doesn't sound like that's, that's, that's wise enough. And then I don't follow it. And then I'm like, man, that was foolish. Now, now, now I'm eating crow here. And now I have to come back and go, yeah, what was that again? Because I need to apply it to my life and to my leadership. You know, the tools and resources are available. The thing is, we need to actually use them. You know, God's word, tried and true advice can help you, not can, will help you become a better student. We'll help you to improve to be a better employee. We'll help you be a better parent. We'll turn your marriage completely around. We'll help you overcome the addictions and struggles. And we'll accelerate your spiritual maturity. 
But the key is this. We need to make sure that we put into practice. We put into practice God's words and principles and the advice that is good, that has been tried and true, and put it into our lives. You know, look at these verses here. Proverbs 16, verse 20. Whoever gives heed to instruction prospers. And blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. I trust, so therefore I'm going to heed God's word. Whatever you have learned, this is Paul speaking to the church, and he says, hey, whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. He said, look, the things I taught you, you need to put them into practice. There's an expectation that he has for the congregation. Hey, hey, what you've heard, what you've seen, it's true, it's good. Now put it into practice, and you'll see God provide some peace in your life. You see, we have to put into practice. We trust God's word works, and then we apply the principles to our lives. We trust that God uses people to speak truth and wisdom to us. And after seeking and listening, we put it into practice, not just one time, but continually. Did you catch that in the story? How many times was Naaman supposed to dip himself? He didn't say once. He said seven. And we can get into all kind of uh, a deep inquiry about why seven times. But here's the thing. Regardless of whatever the reason he might be, what would have happened if he dipped himself five times? What about six? No, he had to dip himself seven times. See, because then he shows true trust and true obedience and therefore applying what was given to him. And so sometimes we get in this position where we try it once, and then we're like, well, it didn't produce the results that are grandiose, so therefore I might as well quit. That wasn't good direction or advice from the scriptures or people. No, 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 no. It's supposed to be put into practice continually. You know, we don't go out to the gym like James over here, right? James can probably testify. He's all Mr. Nice, Cut, and Fit over here, right? James doesn't go to the gym and go, all right, cool, I did it once. I guess I'm buff. I know that hasn't worked for me. I got to put it into practice. I need to set up a regimen. I need to actually do this. And then afterwards, I start to see those results. And Karina will tell you when I start to see those results. Because I keep reminding her about the results. Karina, can you tell? There's a little more definition. Yeah, yeah, you told me that. You told me that. Well, girl, I need you to notice that. The miracle and the change takes place when we follow the entire direction to completion. You know, I want to lift up Gary and Alex Torres. You know, uh, overall, you know, uh, uh, what I've noticed about their characters, they, they take uh, 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 and try to really apply people's wisdom that they share with them. And just recently, Gary was sharing with me. Uh, it was like, hey, man, we, we put it into practice and, and it's really going well. I was like, well, that's awesome. It's just been a week and it's going well. That's great. But now what Gary and Alex have to continue to do is what? Still do it, right? If they just didn't want to say hallelujah, but then the things don't continue to grow, they can't blame the person or say it didn't work. They can only look at themselves. But I'm confident in them because I've seen a character in them that they'll continue to follow that, re that, that advice and direction that they received. 
And I think they serve as a great modern-day example for you and I. I believe Naaman's, not initial, but his, his later response serves as a great example for you and me. I believe Elisha and his faith serve as a great example for you and me. And Naaman's servants serve as a great example for you and me. Imitations worthy, I mean examples worthy of imitation. And so let's get real practical here. Let's come to a close here. Here's some action steps this week here. Seek answers from the Bible about that situation. You know that situation in your life. You know that situation. Go ahead and go to the scriptures. What are the principles that are laid out in scripture that apply and can be applied to that situation? And then second, get some advice. Hey, here, here's, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm receiving from God's word. What do you think? Now, let me also just say this real quickly. Telling somebody what you're doing and asking for advice are two different things. You guys get what I'm saying? getting advice. You've informed somebody. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I see in scriptures. What do you think? What are your thoughts? If you are in my situation, what would you do? That's totally different. And so whatever it is, this is how we can put into practice in modern day times the examples we see with Naaman, Elisha, and the servants. You know, like Naaman, we all have a choice. We can hold on to our pride and stay in that situation, or we can apply God's word and apply God's principles into our lives. And like Naaman, we too can come to know God and have our lives change forever. And right now we're going to take communion. And Jesus makes this point also in his ministry. In John chapter 8, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, to the Jews who have believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you hold to my teaching, not once, other, other uh, translations say abide. When you hold into it, when you abide and you keep going, you will be set free. When you apply the principles in God's word. And as we take communion, the bread and juice that represent Jesus' blood and body that was sacrificed for our opportunity of salvation. Let's remember that his sacrifice makes this life change in knowing God possible as well. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the story here. Thank you so much, though, that we see this in Jesus, that we see in John uh, 5 and 6 and, and several times that Jesus says, I obey the Father. I do what the Father does. And we see that example in Christ and how he didn't just take his knowledge from heaven, but he applied it to his life and therefore serves as the greatest example for us to follow. But we thank you so much that Jesus came and he died upon the cross, that he rose on the third day, and that God that at our day of baptism we can receive your Holy Spirit, a guarantee of what is to come. We thank you for that. And God, we pray that, that as we, 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 we remember this, that we remember that that also meant life change. And that we want to apply the gospel to our lives. And that we also want to share the gospel with others. In the name of your son, we pray. Amen.